0: I'm pleased to be here. I consider it a privilege to be in the leadership class that Pastor Duke is teaching. I've learned so much there, Uh, and for the privilege of bringing this message. I have a dilemma. I gave an early draft of this message to Pastor Duke, and he said, good, but there's enough material there, subject matter there, for a series when I got finished with my rewrite, I said, this is still way too long, and I'm not going to go past one hour from 7, maybe 7.30, okay? And my wife, Sharon, raise your hand and wave. And you see during that, she's telling me my time's up, okay? Hi, Sharon. Um, So the dilemma is I want to get from point A to point E step by step, so that you can conclude, yes, he knows what he's... I agree with him or he, I don't agree with him on what I'm teaching tonight. And each of those steps is about this big, okay? So in the handouts, I think most of you got handouts. No thanks to my Samsung printer. I'm glad I got the ones out that I did. The verses are written out there beneath the... Uh, in, your, in your notes, number 261, uh, number one in your notes, uh, you'll find the text there, but I won't likely read most of them. Okay? And uh, I'm not a bit nervous. <laughs> Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for trusting me to proclaim your word to your people I ask for your hand upon me. Without your grace, I will, will accomplish nothing. I pray that I would do no harm, neither to your word nor to those who hear. Amen. Our text today is First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. Become sober-minded as you ought, and stop sinning, For some have no knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. And so my topic is stop sinning or don't sin. Pastor Dukes uses a lot of stories, and I'm trying to emulate him, that chance. but uh, I discussed a sermon topic with one of our sons over lunch. And when I gave him the outline, he said, Dad, when you say stop sinning, most people or some people just stop listening. He has better people skills than I do. So, what I've done is I've moved the end of the message to the beginning. So, let me start with kind of a conclusion, if you like. All right? You know where I'm, I'm headed for in this. Uh, notes number one in your notes. This is not about trying, trying, trying harder and harder when it's about trusting, trusting, trusting and obeying even in the small things, even the little things. Okay? And whatever else you hear me say tonight, God is on your side. He wants you to succeed in overcoming sin. He's not just waiting for a chance to hammer you and I'm not here to hammer you. I mean, you people are here on a Wednesday night, the weather's beautiful, it's summer, It's daylight. You've got plenty of chores to do at home, and yet you're here. What a bunch of reprobates I get to preach to. God bless you for being here. Uh, if, If you are contrite and desire to do God's will, you're in a good place. God will hear your prayers and give you deliverance. There are two extremes of people who might hear this message. Uh, you know, all my sins are paid for, past, present, and future. Doesn't matter what I do. And, and, and over here, I feel so bad about my sins. I don't see how God can forgive me. How could He forgive me? This person's in a better place than this one is. Okay. Jesus said, uh, Matthew eleven thirty My yoke is easy and my load is light. It's not not a terrible burden that you have to to say, what I want to walk in your ways. I don't want to sin. I want to hear your will. Jesus and the apostles say to not sin. On the face of it, that should make this a straightforward matter. If Jesus and Paul say we should not sin, so all right, we shouldn't sin. Let's just get on with it. Unfortunately, it's generally believed that no one can actually stop sinning. So that's what this message is about. I want to encourage you to think otherwise. Now, doing this, we have to go through, think through six questions. You pull up six questions in the next slide, I think. There they are, that we want to ask. First one is Does God actually expect us or intend? that we should stop sinning. Number two, how do we define sin? And what does it mean to stop? What should motivate us to stop sinning? How can we do it? And after that, what comes next? Okay. I know each of these questions is worthy of a full sermon. But as I said, I want to capture the the whole picture, if I can. All right. Uh, First question. Does God intend for us to stop sinning? In your notes number two, and I hope you brought a pen, (laughs) God's word has multiple admonishments to not sin, warnings if we sin, provisions to avoid sin, and the assumption is that sinning is not the practice of a Christian. In your notes number three, if the Bible commands us to do something, we should believe that we can do it, even if we have to, have to ask God for help. And he's certainly willing to help us. Do you think that Jesus and Paul would admonish us to stop sinning if we could not do it? There's a, uh, the, the man at the well. Jesus said, take up your bed. And he said, "I and sin no more. The lady caught in adultery. He told her, sin no more. Wouldn't he have told them they can't to do that if, if they couldn't? The warnings you find in Hebrews 10, you're familiar with the verse 10 26, if we go on sinning willfully after receiving knowledge of the truth, no more sacrifice for sin. That's pretty serious. The provisions are in Psalm 119, I've hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. 1 Corinthians thirteen, ten, thirteen. 13, God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able, but will provide a way of escape. Number four in your notes, it's the assumption of Scripture that sin is not the general ongoing practice. In 1 John 2, 1, It says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. In Romans 6, uh, 1 through 2, that's not in this list here. Continue in sin? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin live in it? And your baptism signifies your death, death to sin, death to self, and the resurrection when you come out of the water. Uh, in First Timothy 5.20 those who continue in sin rebuke in the presence of all so that the rest may be also be fearful of sinning if everyone is sinning every day how would we apply this verse let's imagine here the pastor stands up and he says alright everyone who's sinned in the last week please stand up everybody stands up and he says, i rebuke repeat all of you. Now please sit down, and you all sit down. Now let's take communion. I, I don't think that's why it would work. But it should, if that's the assumption. It's true is that we all sin every day. Okay? Uh, question number two, how do we define sin? I you you follow me very closely here, because if we don't, we'll get off the rails. Notes number five, in your notes, if we use too wide a definition of sin, stopping sinning would be impossible. It really would be impossible. If we use too narrow a definition, stopping would be meaningless. So let me give some examples of what I mean by uh, too wide and too narrow. Example of too wide. You know, you have sinned before your feet even hit the floor this morning. Or every deed you do is contaminated by sin. Even if it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, anything you do is contaminated by sin. And unfortunately, that doesn't make people really feel guilty for sin. Uh, But if this is our definition, and it is some people's definition, stopping would be impossible. All right? An example of too narrow a definition. Well, you know, hatred is only sin if you actually kill someone. It's not sin unless you kill someone. Okay? Well, those are the extremes, and neither one of those is is correct. Uh, It'll take a whole night to, to, to sort all this out, but we'll talk about it a little bit, some things that are not necessarily sin. Number six in your notes. And you might have thought this was a sin, but I would say it's not. It's not necessarily a sin if you don't do the very best you could have, that could have been done in a particular situation. Okay? Some people say, if you don't do the very best you possibly could have, it's sin. Why do I say that? Acts chapter 5. Ananias and Sapphira, they had some property, they sold it, and they brought it like Barnabas and done, they brought the proceeds, some of it, and laid it at the feeding of the apostles. Now, they could have given all of it, the money from the, the proceeds. They could have given some of it. They didn't have to give any of it. That's what Peter told them. To give it all, that, that'd be probably better than none of it. Okay? But they lied about it, and that was the sin it was a fatal sin. Okay, another example. Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 7 says, it was said that it was better to not marry under that, certain, in that current circumstance. He says, it's better not to marry, but if you do marry, it is not sin. So there's another example of here's the best, and here's less than the best, but it's still not sin. Uh, Notes number seven in your notes. There are situations where an action would be sin for one person, but not for another person. The verse I refer to you, James 4, 17, therefore to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. And notes number eight. For our purposes, and this is not perfect, we will understanding understand stop sinning to relate to continued willful sinning. That's what we want to stop. Okay. Uh, Hebrews ten. We talked about that verse before. For those who once sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Uh, Jesus standard regarding. Uh, Sin was high, but not impossible, but it got more to the heart and the thoughts of the mind. It'd be useful to do a study on what Jesus, Paul, and uh, James taught on this subject. Our third question then, uh, What does it mean or not mean to stop sinning? Note number nine. Stop sinning does not mean that you have reached a point where you are literally incapable of sinning. Some people say, "Oh, I've had this experience and I cannot sin." Well, the potential's there. Nobody, nobody is away from that. But people who believe they're incapable of sin are in danger of denying it when they actually do sin. Okay. It's not you, you, you. never get to a point where it's incapable until you're turning up, pushing up daisies. Uh, it does not mean that nothing can tempt you. When you stop sinning. You have to be on your guard continually. Okay. Uh, it does not mean that you would never get angry. Well, okay. What well, Ephesians four twenty six. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Don't try, to, don't try to game this now, all right? It says, this is not sin, I'm yelling at you. Okay, don't make a habit of that. But it says, don't let the sun go down in your anger. Not sinning doesn't make you, mean you never make mistakes in knowledge or understanding. Okay? It doesn't mean you never say something you wish you hadn't said. I'm, there's some things I've said I've, I pay $1,000 to have it never have been said. Things that offend or hurt other people. Why did I say that? Lord, put a watch before my mouth. Notes number 10. Stop sinning does mean, Sharon thought maybe I should put this near the front because you're off the unions, so low down here, but it does not mean that. It does mean, I'm sorry, it does mean that you do not want to sin at all, ever, and that sin is not the ongoing practice of your life. Okay? You know, and then stories for a little bit later. Uh, 1 John 3 9. No one who is born of sin practice. born of God. Freud's lip? Hope not. No one who is born of God practices sin because the seed abides in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now, this verse says you cannot sin, but I just said up there that stop sinning doesn't mean you can't sin anymore. Okay? Here's my understanding of it. Maybe it'll satisfy some. I can say I, could not, I cannot sin against my wife by having an affair. Not that that's very likely. Anyway, but I, I, I couldn't do that. Why? Because I love her so much and it would destroy her. And I can say those words, but I know it's a, a logical possibility. So likewise, you say, I, I couldn't sin against my Lord because he died for me. How can we do that? Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the verse says, "You know, we crucify him afresh when we go on sinning." All right. Number four. What are the what motivations are there to not sin? I've got some slides uh, down here. Uh, There it is. Let's see. Oh, turn to some. There are many motivations and I'm just giving you a few of them. They're the warnings of God's judgment. Everything will be revealed in a public trial at the judgment. There's some sins that I avoid by thinking and realizing this truth. This is going to be replayed again. I'm going to see this again in the judgment, but I won't be alone that time. Okay, I don't want I don't want the shame that that would bring. Okay, all right. Second uh, Corinthians five ten, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the flesh, in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Notes number eleven, and. As a motivation to not sin, our lives impact other people for good or bad. When someone sins, they harm themselves and they harm others, often those they care about or they should care about. Your, your, Your sin is not private, it's not private. Notes number 12, our life is made of choices. We are free to make choices, but we are not free to choose the consequences of our choices. That's something I told one of my grandsons uh, not so long ago. I'm not sure he believed it, then; he may believe believe it now. Uh, Another reason, in Jesus Christ there is forgiveness, there is healing, there's restoration, but scars often remain. And you, you put a, a nail on a board, and you pull it out, pull the nail out, but there's still, there's still the damage from the nail. Uh, we all know of popular, successful leaders who have fallen when a person falls. Um, had fallen, sorry. They should have gone back on having an impact upon others. If you're, if you're a renowned preacher or apologist and you, you know, as we said in the Air Force, spin, crash, and burn uh, and make a wreck of your life and a and disaster of your marriage, you take a lot of other people down with you. And the more, the more Stature you have, the more influence you have, and the larger target you are before God, before Satan. Uh, It damages your reputation, your family, your job, your friendships, and it damages the spiritual well being of those who look up to you. Understand just for a minute how many have been harmed by the revelations. The recent revelations of Rabbi Zacharias. I really respected him, and Pastor Duke, there's another man he highly respected, who uh, uh, fell. A man came up to Pastor Duke, and this is his story, and you probably heard it before. And he said to him after Pastor Duke had spoken at a conference, he says, "Don't sin." I'm about to sin. You know, Don't sin. And this man's church had been destroyed by a split over some leadership's failure. Okay. Uh, another motivation for not seeing as we love Jesus, I mentioned this earlier. It's uh, notes number 13. A result of being freed, I'm sorry, Hebrews six. 6 they again crucified themselves to themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame, those who uh, continue in sin. Notes number 13. Thank you up there with those slides. I appreciate you keeping up with me. Uh, a result of being freed from sin is sanctification and out the outcome is eternal life. Eternal life is knowing God. Jesus gave that definition. And knowing that He is pleased with you, that wasn't part of the definition. But what? Don't you get a delight when you've done something and you sense God's well pleased with you? Say so thank you, Jesus. Romans six twenty two is where that uh, comes from. Having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you drive your benefit, resulting in sanctification and the outcome eternal life. Number five. How can we not sin? Now I've said in the, in the, in the text for tonight, uh, First Corinthians five thirty one, I think it was, where it says stop sinning, await to righteousness and stop sinning, it's literally and sin not. Maybe you said it that way, because if you say sin not, if you're not sinning, wonderful don 't start <laughs> if you 've already started and that 's right in your life you know don 't you know n- then stop it works either, it cuts either way so uh, okay let 's see where am I <laughs> yes number five, how can we not sin, the question assumes that you actually want to stop. You actually want to not sin, and that you believe it's possible. OK, not, as, not many stories, but this is one. Several years ago, I landed in the ER room with atrial flutter. It's not AFib, but I don't know the difference. I will not ask for a show of hands, if anybody, experience, but uh, to get my heart back into the rhythm, the doctor said, he had me a, a, a syringe, and he says, I want you to blow as hard as you can and blow out the plunger. I asked him, can I, ask, can I blow it out? He said, absolutely. I want it to hit the wall over there. I blew so hard I started to turn blue, and the doctor said that's enough. He didn't want me to pass out. What's my point? I blew harder than I would have if I hadn't thought it possible. See, well, it really wasn't possible. I tried to pull it out. You can't get the sucker out. <laughs> but I did blow as hard as I could, and I was about to pass out. Uh, notes number 14. If you have not purposed in your heart to obey God's commands... And it's very unlikely that you will stop sinning. You have to say, Lord, I don't want to sin anymore. I've I've got this besetting sin. And and maybe you fought it for some time. Say, Lord, I, I need to surrender this to you. Say, well, I don't have time to go there. You may have to take drastic measures to overcome some sins. Okay? And Jesus proposed drastic measures. He said, if your right eye offends, pluck it out. I'm not suggesting anybody pluck out their eye or cut their hand off, but that gives you the the feel of how important it is to not sin to Jesus. Okay? All right. Purpose in your heart to obey God's commands. Number 15 in your notes. Listen for the Holy Spirit's leading regarding what you should or should not be doing. Okay? Ask if this is something you should be doing and be obedient to that leading. Okay? I don't feel real good about this. I'm not for a long time, I think. I'll tell a short story. I was in Ireland with uh, a team of HP engineers from all over the world, including Irish guys. And we're having dinner in a castle. And uh, almost everybody had retired from the dining area, except I'm still in the, 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 the bar area. And uh, he, he's, he's a you know, hunking guy, uh, friendly, and he says... So have you ever have you, have you tried the penis? I said, oh, no, I haven't. Oh, it doesn't chip around, you know. But you've you got to try it. And uh, I said, okay, two fingers. Which means, you know, pour some in. And there's about a quarter inch of beer and two fingers of foam. And I, I, I drank it. And uh, he said, so what do you think? I said, you know it's beer. And, he, and I said, I'm not a very good judge because I don't drink. And you tell this Irish guy, you know, that I love their Guinness, he's saying, I don't drink. And he says, good for you, man. I worked tavern in in my father's pub when I was a lad, and I saw men come in, so many people came in, and the drunk went all that they had. I never would have guessed that's what he said. (laughs) But we don't drink. Uh, We made that decision early on. You can drink and be a Christian unless the Lord tells you you better not. Okay? And sometimes it's for your own safety and sometimes for that of others. Okay. Ask the Lord. Uh, Isaiah 20. This is an amazing verse. Listen, listen to the Lord, and your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left, the Holy Spirit will guide you. I talked to a man a week ago, and he says, the Lord speaks to him audibly. He's the only person I've heard actually say that that I believe it's true for him. Romans 8, 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Holy Spirit will want to be led by you. Notes number 16, Don't try to do this on your own. Gather together for edification, for encouragement, for admonishment. Confess your sins to one another. Be in fellowship with like-minded brethren. You know, the leadership class has been really an encouragement to me to see other men who are serious about walking with Jesus. It's been a real encouragement, and I, I, I thank God for that. And, and some of you are here today. Ta- I thank you. Uh, the next four verses uh, are words to that effect. But I'll add one more. Pray for pray from one another, confess your sins to not, to one another, and ask others to pray for you. And you know number 17. He's so, good. He's right there. 17. Memorizing and meditating on scripture is the most powerful way to conquer sins and become holy. How many of you heard that before? Did you hear it last Wednesday a week ago when Pastor Duke said that? Okay. Did you hear him say in his story, he was in the place and the, the pastor said, oh, I didn't know you were here. I used your sermon. And he said, I'm honored. So I'm honoring Pastor Duke by using this line from his because it has the exact words I wanted to say. Meditating on Scripture a powerful way to conquer sin and become holy. And Psalm 119.11 Thy word I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Memorize that. I, I don't have to sin against you, Lord. I don't have to sin. I've got your word in my heart. Proverbs, uh, let's go down to First Peter. Uh, no, I'm, Hebrews 4, verse 2, please. There it is. For indeed we have had good news preached to us. Words, words. Just as they also did, the people in the Old Testament. But the word they heard did not profit them, and they, they read it, they heard it, they memorized it. It did not profit them because it was uni- not united by faith in those who heard. So hear it, memorize it, trust it. Say, Lord, I will trust you. I trust your word. I'm going to thank my, my salvation on no, I, I trust you you make this happen. So I, I, I've added one little thing to what Pastor Duke said. Hear it, read it, memorize it, and then say, do I, do I trust that? A lot, of, a lot of pagans, a lot of reprobates uh, of have of a record in the faith, they know the Bible and they've memorized it. But they haven't committed to following Jesus, and they don't trust it. They don't believe it. OK, notes number 18. Okay, uh, memorizing Bible verses and using them to replace wrong thinking is the most effective way to control our thoughts. Anybody heard that one before? Yep, Pastor Duke last week and Sunday at the discipleship class. Okay. Uh, Matthew fifteen nineteen through 20. For out of the heart come evil thoughts murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, slanderers. These are the things which defile the man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. OK. Notes number 19. I said this at start. It's not about trying, 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 harder and harder, but trusting, trusting, trusting and obeying even of the little things. Class two twenty. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life at which I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. You know that's a really important verse. I I camp out of that for some time. But that, that we live by by trusting. We live by faith. Faith is trusting. There's there's a verb component of faith, and it's trusting. Right. Walk in the spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Okay. Question number six. What next? I assume that you know you've stopped sinning. Or maybe you, you, you can say honestly I, I don't i don't feel convicted of anything that uh i 'm doing contrary to god 's will, and uh I ask him to search my heart regularly okay, so i no no i, 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 nope, nope, I don 't hear anything no no i'm fine i'm fine okay ask is there anything that offends or or uh you know, the, the Holy Spirit has been convicting you about. Maybe something you should do or not do. Uh, but let's say you've you, you, you got to that point and, and you're not out boasting about it. But you haven't really arrived. In, in some ways, you've just started. There's unlimited opportunity for growth and doing good deeds. Six years ago, I was this no Decades ago, I was discussing this with, this with someone and was asked, well, if you stop sinning, if you stop sinning, why would you need God? I replied, well, if I was at the top of the ladder, why do I need the ladder? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> take away the ladder. Bonk. Okay? If you are walking by faith in a holy life, and God search your heart, Uh, you're doing it by his grace. So you're going to grow. What's that mean? Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. How much love, what's the upper limit on love? Actually, there is one. Lay down your life, okay? That's the upper limit for that. Uh, how about uh, patience? I'm not pretty impatient with that uh, printer that was sorting and shuffling the, the pages since it came out. I thank God for his grace in getting the ones here that I did for it. I hope it was enough of them. Maybe not the one that was page one, page two, three, and then four, five, six. I hope not. Uh, Self-control you have grown more and more in self-control. Uh, 2 Peter 3:18 grow in the grace and knowledge any li- upper limit on how much you can grow in knowledge? No. Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. All right Notes 21. Don't be prideful about overcoming sin. It's by God's grace that you stand. Remain on the lookout. Verses First Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary the devil prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And you know, he's not growing, he's not going hungry. There are many who have been devoured by the evil one. He roars to get you running around, but he lays in wait to ambush. Be on, be on the alert. And if you think you've had it made, continue to be on the alert. 1 Corinthians 12, ten twelve, Therefore let him who thinks he stands, Hey, I'm absolutely certain of my standing, take heed lest he fall. Keep your heart up. Number 22, continue to walk by faith, being led by the Spirit. Galatians 5, uh, 25, sorry, let's come back to number 22. Number 22, I jumped through that. Continue to walk by, by faith, being led by the Spirit. We're starting to wrap up and I'm watching my time here. Uh, it's, it's a, a life of walking. It's not, it's not a sit by faith, okay? It, it's it's you know, ongoing life every day, every, every minute. And you, you, can, you can ask God, you know, what do I do now? I, I want to be led by your Spirit. And when you give the day to God and say, I want to be doing your will, things can work out real nicely. And conversely, I said, "Oh yeah," there is. A, I had such a panic in getting these things printed out two minutes before I got in the car. Is because two days ago, when the Lord has prompted me, you need to get these things done instead of working out here in the sun. You know, listen to that still small voice, being led by the Spirit. All right, 5, five twenty five. If we live by the Spirit. Uh, Walk by the Spirit, for we walk by faith. uh, Second Corinthians: We walk by faith, not by sight. A lot more can be said on the subject, of course, but I hope I've said enough to encourage you to study the Scriptures and ask if, in fact, the Lord would not say, "I've told you to do this." You can do it. I'll help you. It's not an it's not unreasonable standard. See, when, when people set an unreasonable standard, then it's like you have no standard. Well, I, I can't do that. I can't jump over the, the six foot you know, high bar. So, I, what's the point in trying? Okay. Uh, I want to give another story. Uh, I've got two more. First one, I thought I had it in here earlier, but Pastor Duke spoke about uh the more subtle uh sophisticated sins. sins. remember that? jealousy, uh anger, envy, uh, bitterness, uh critical spirit, okay? Sharon and I like to walk around our neighborhood. It's a nice neighborhood. There's a house that has a cedar shake roof. That is really, I mean, it must have been there for 50 years or how long the house has been there. And there are blue tarps over it, and some of those have been torn back. And the garage doors are up, if they're even there. And it's just a disaster. My garage is a disaster too, but I keep the doors down. And I'll confess for both of us that we've had some despairing comments or thoughts as we walked by there. And we were convicted by Pastor Duke's message critical spirit and pride. We keep our house nice, but this one. So we both confessed that. Now, the day before, maybe it wasn't sin for us, but it is now, OK? So next time we walked by it, we, we said, I wonder what her story is. I wonder what her situation is. How did you get that way? That drives right out of love your neighbor. That's number two commandment. All right. Sheridan sure I going out. I-5 after a visit to Victoria, BC, and I got pulled over for speeding. I was speeding, 75, and it wasn't a 65-mile-an-hour zone, it was a 60-mile-an-hour zone, and I was just keeping on the floor, and they all started slowing down, and I was the last in line. I got pulled over. Uh, he was very nice. He didn't give me a ticket, but he finished by saying, please do me a favor and, and cut back on the speed. I'd have forgotten about the ticket, but I didn't forget about that. (laughs) still comes to my mind. Uh, So do me a favor. Ask the Spirit of God to search your heart for anything that displeases Him, saying, yes, Lord, I will obey to whatever He shows you, and ask Him for grace and strength to do His will. Ask Him to lead you in paths of righteousness. Then begin trusting that he will do just that. Remember, he's on your side. He wants you to succeed and be successful. Heavenly Father, would you please bear witness with me to the truth of your word. I trust that your Holy Spirit would comfort and and encourage those who are brokenhearted and without hope, those who are in the deepest pain of the soul, I pray that your Spirit would build up and encourage those who are walking in your ways. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict any who are proud and stubbornly resist your word. Amen. God bless you and thank you.